Welcome to the Kohani podcast from me, Isaac Mwema. This is where we build each other up in the faith so that we can be a holy and priestly people. This means that we strive for and are changed by God's presence while also influencing others to be changed by that same presence. Kohani podcast is supported by our friends and partners. The enemy is walking around like a roaring lion looking for whom he may devour. A territorial, strategic, deceitful, heavenly being that fell from heaven is walking around looking for whoever, including you Christian, that he may devour your life. I want you to take note of this and just to lay some lessons that I learned from two years that almost three years that the devil stole for my life and I was in a cult that I didn't know that it was a cult because it presented itself as a church. So just to lay some ground rules so that I manage expectations here, I'm not going to narrate the full story of how I joined this cult. This podcast is about my lessons as I joined the cult. So I'm going to lay out some of the lessons that I've learned and I've come to find out that these are very common characteristics that are also found in many other cults. And also to let you know that this is not a criticism in whatever way. This is not a boasting or a way of pride. This is not an exposure kind of thing. Therefore, I am not going to mention the name of any ministry. I'm not going to mention the name of any minister whatsoever. Thirdly, I recognize that there were some positive benefits that I gained during the period where I was in this movement. And in the podcast where I lay out my life story, I was able to highlight that there were quite a number of positive things that I learned from this. So this is not being ungrateful. This is not being like I'm forming my own thing on the side and I'm pointing fingers. But it's just to caution anyone that might run into a group of such people. And to let you be aware of how the purity of your worship of Jesus matters. So I just want to remind you that from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3 to 9. Again this is sort of a discussion or personal story so I'm not going to be mentioning full scriptures. I have a lot of thoughts on this. I can preach a two-hour sermon on it if I wanted to. I have a lot of scripture. So you'll just allow me today so that we can be objective on the purpose of the podcast to share my lessons. I'm not going to say all of these scriptures, but I'm just going to paraphrase. So 2 Corinthians 11 verse 3 to 9. But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led away astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. You can read all the way to verse 9. A sincere and a pure devotion to Christ. And it's important to notice our the purity of our devotion to Jesus because it really matters. It's really important. You may be worshipping but without the clarity of a sincere and that pure devotion to Jesus. And I want to tell you this. If other voices in your life, however authoritative or accurate, if they do not lead you to hunger for devotion before Jesus, before the Lord, then there is a level of manipulation going on. I repeat that again. If other voices in your life, however authoritative, however accurate, 
and I want you to note this because this is where the part of a pure devotion comes in. However authoritative or however accurate those voices are, if they do not lead you to hunger for Jesus, if they do not lead you to worship Jesus, if they do not magnify Jesus, if they do not point you to Jesus, then there is a level of manipulation that is going on. Okay, so I'm going to share with you in point format some of the lessons that I learned about cults. And I'm just going to start with some of the characteristics that you can identify that can help you to identify in case you are in a cult. First, know that cults have an insistence on hierarchy and titles. They are built around a special founder who endorses special path to leadership. And because of this, there are a lot of power games that go on due to the fact that there is this special leader, this special founder that the church community is built around. And it's like a stage for him to preach in every meeting. It's a celebration of him. He doesn't appear in meetings. He will not worship with you. He makes an entrance with bodyguards and demands some certain kind of aura and respect and they in a certain kind of way. And that leader will bring in some special persons from ar around you. I'm going to define what these special persons are and their criteria for choosing leaders. They're going to bring them forth, <clears throat> these special people into leadership and these are the only guys that will have direct access to him and that no one else will and if you do you will have to go through a serious amount of protocols and you'll have to give a serious amount of money to get up there number two cults detach you from your family from your marriage and from other churches they demand a commitment to a lot of their programs and services i said it a group of guys came to my campus when i was in the university and they were so appealing and i'll tell you why they were so appealing later on but that the way they demanded us to go to their services and the way in which they demanded that the programs should be attended and everything it consumed a lot of our times and a lot of our university life that by the time you look at it you don't have a social life you don't have a life of your own you don't have other priorities in your life apart from that church if you see any kind of such a demand if they put it to you that the service to that particular church is serving god or else that means any other thing is a distraction your family or marriage then you're possibly in a cult and especially most people especially in that cult which i was in even up to today i get testimonies from other guys who have experienced them who have experienced family members who are in those cults they're having big issues with their marriages they're having big issues with other churches and other members because of how arrogant they are because of how they believe that their doctrine and their theology is superior and that they even in a even in a marital context they will put it out to their spouse as if their spouse doesn't worship god correctly except for that church so there's a way in which they detach you and if you start to put family as a priority before they are meeting services or programs you are seen as a as a weak person you are seen as a person who doesn't have direction it is seen as if you are a, you are experiencing distractions by going to family and friends and those things they want you to stay in these long format services that just want to keep you in church and near there as much as possible number three cults have authoritarian and unquestionable leadership that has no accountability unquestionable authority that's just how it is you will not 
ask any questions and they will suppress that from you and that if you have anything that if there's anything that you have seen that is questionable that you are not comfortable with if you ask it they'll find a way to prefect you they'll find a way to side chat you to make you quiet and to make you silent so that you don't speak of anything and that that is that and that most people leave these cults and they go out there and they are frustrated and they post everything on youtube which i don't support but you can also understand the frustration of such guys is because when they were voicing their complaints or certain things which they saw there was a suppressive order which came around them there was a way in which they were silenced there's a way in which they were intimidated there's a way in which they were let know they, they were made to know that they are nothing compared to someone number four cults suppress your empathy and your inner thoughts while also encouraging vulnerability so cults can be quite warm and they can have a strange kind of warmness to draw you in and they can encourage you to be vulnerable but they just have a way man to suppress that empathy that you may have or your inner thoughts you know you may be thinking of helping a group of people but there's a way in which they will twist it to let you know that the mission of that particular movement is the one that is more important the doctrines of that movement are the one that is more important i remember in one instant i was going through a period of financial strain i come from a family that is quite in the lower bracket or poverty levels or whatnot and at that time of course i was totally dependent on my parents being a university student and the period was rough and it was tough for a number of reasons um but mostly because tuition fees were really taking a toll on my parents and i could not afford a lot of things i was living a very uncomfortable life as a student at that point and i was quite taken down and i, I was serving in that place playing the guitar in the worship team and after there was a pastor who came to me and i was like oh wow there's someone who actually cares so they encourage you to speak there's a show of, of that they treasure vulnerability there's a way in which they make you feel like they care but immediately i started my first sentence i just sighed like a huge sigh like a, you know i was going to release myself and just speak to my pastor and it was just like a <sighs> and immediately i received a stern warning that we don't do that here that we are a faith practicing church and that we are people of faith and we believe in the word of faith and that we don't encourage such kinds of showing of whatever it was that that was happening so there's a way in which they do it to just suppress any kind of you know those inner thoughts or anything that you wanted to put forth and there's a way in which they want you to speak while bringing out your life matters they want you to speak in a manner of faith in a manner in which you are saying that you know i'm i'm full of faith or some, something like that um, in a way to show that you are strong in faith in a way to sh- to show that you believe in god and that you have no unbelief so they, they it is a false sense of vulnerability because you can't really share that i'm struggling with faith because that will be viewed as you having a weak faith number 5 they have an excessive intrusion to your life and an expectation to obey orders regardless so this is the aspect of control that is in many cults excessive intrusion in your life i'm speaking about them in your facebook pages on your whatsapp statuses in your galleries they will even send someone to see the photos in your gallery 
and to lay the complaints before pastor so and so and you'll just start receiving complaints about photos that were in your gallery they will start perusing through your gmail they will demand that if you are in a in a romantic relationship that you must first seek the approval of the pastor so that he recommends whether the person is credible for you to marry such kinds of things they and they will use excuses such as we are the shepherds and we're supposed to take care of the flock the last time i checked caring for the flock doesn't mean controlling them there's an obsessive way in which they have of knowing information about you that at the end of the day is very chronic and you feel very caged if you're in a place where also they demand that you know you must obey some certain rules that you're given you know you must fast this particular day regardless of whether you know you are having your menstrual periods regardless of whether you are sick or not you know you must wake up at 3 a.m and pray with a particular pastor and that you must a very legalistic kind of discipleship where it's like an army you know you must say that you're ready all the time you must obey you must do what your pastor is saying that aspect of control then you're most likely in a cult number six cults have an unconventional way of thinking they have ideologies and theologies that are hard to believe at first you know and at the beginning that is where many people fail at the beginning you have that gut feeling this thing is just going too far and it is hard to believe at the start but eventually they start getting into you the more you listen to them the more they convince you they have techniques my friends they are intelligent people they are intelligent people let me tell you they have a way to use neurolinguistic programming psyche techniques they have a way of hypnotizing you they have a way of getting you into the box that at the end of the day you are a zombie you can't think for yourself you will only listen to their sermons to interpret the bible you will only say the things that that commission wants to say and so <clears throat> These things are too good to be true, you know, and they can't be questioned. They present, for example, for me, they presented the love of God and the grace of God in a very appealing manner. Unique. I've never heard about it before. Some of which I appreciate up to right now. And I was telling you that there are some positives that I got from there. For the first time in my life, I really viewed God as Father. Yes, I did. I got to understand the uniqueness of spiritual giftings. And I was, I was flowing in a prophetic gift quite with a lot of proof that I can tell you personally but that <clears throat> these ideologies they have taken one doctrine and have just taken it to the extreme they have taken grace and just taken it to the very extreme where it is like you're it's permissible to do anything where it's like sin is a personal thing and that is almost like you can get away with anything because of grace and they just say sin, sin is a personal stuff just between you and God and you know you we, we don't need to really preach that we don't really need to say anything about that it's, it's almost like any person has a personal judgment about it and because of that there was a very permissive environment within that place i said it many times i came from a band in in campus and they split many couples from our band taking their ladies and sleeping with them and doing whatnot and these were pastors doing such things so there's a very permissive environment their dressing was provocative and i'm not a legalistic person myself but you who is listening to this and tell when someone is dressing provocatively you can know it and their pastors and their leaders in various areas and it's a it's a very permissive environment per se so 
they they take these doctrines and they take them to the extreme they they took the doctrine of spiritual giftings and i appreciate that even up to today i encourage spiritual gifts but when you take it too far it becomes like if you don't have a spiritual gift then you are not correctly saved if you don't speak in tongues then it's like you do not know god they they don't say that directly but that is the thing and you ha- just have this pressure to perform you have this pressure to speak in tongues there's this pressure to move in a spiritual gift per se even before you have the time to evaluate you know whether you really desire this gift or whether it's really natural it's like you are compelled to fall down you're compelled to speak in tongues to say things and in some way if you do not minister in spiritual giftings you don't have credibility so such kinds of things are just extreme doctrines and they have doctrines that are like one the one fits all doctrine whereas like a method a, a technique or a formula to assist in marriage relationships or business that fits all people and that's that's not what scripture encourage encourages that's not what wisdom encourages in fact the bible says that in the new covenant no one will teach you anything <laughs> but the spirit of god the anointing of god that is in you you know from the book of joel and also from first john the anointing of god that is in you it will teach you all things so the function of these other gifts are just to point you to the spirit are just to point you to jesus who teaches you but when someone proposes to you like a formula which will you will use in your life to change your situations your circumstances to pray it's like this format of praying where you are shaking your hands where you're waving in a particular manner or such things then that is cultic number 7 and this is where i was saying they are very appealing very appealing cults have celebrities and educated people who are celebrated so we'll go back to point 1 first because as, as i i said we'll go back to that the special people that I was referring to when i was starting were the most educated and the most famous among you those will be chosen to be leaders coincidentally it happens every time just have a big check from your work or your business you will qualify for a leadership position just be a brilliant person in school and start achieving things like first class honors your name will be mentioned here and there and before you know it will be a leader so these are the special persons that are chosen and because it is a group of people with certain kind of credentials when they are put together in the room they become very feisty and competitive and that's why there are a lot of power struggles because you have a lot of these people that have a lot of dignity in their personal lives and a lot of reputation and you're putting them in one room to sort of try and win the attention and the affection of this main charismatic leader uh, there will be a lot of ugly stories some of which i haven't even mentioned to a lot of people up to right now so that's that's how it is so the way in which they will be appealing even to the most intellectual people you know you might think that you're so intellectual you might think that you're so grown in your faith but the way in which they will be appealing is they have some certain kind of repertoire they they have celebrities amongst them they have educated people man if you see a celebrity in a particular sect it will carry a lot of credibility with you without you even knowing if you see some ki- some certain kind of educated people doctors and engineers in a particular cult there's a way in which it reads to you that these guys know what they are doing you know that's how they came to us with young couples that are affluential that are learned that speak in a certain kind of way and that's how cults are you know they are very appealing let me tell you modern day cults modern day cults in this 21st generation uh, 21st century they do not stay in dark rooms and 
do weird kind of stuff they come in the open with money and influence and they will meet in executive villas and hotels and they will have private jets and influence and before you know it you will be carried away and they will purport to be a church they will purport to be a self-help group they will purport to be an organization that helps you in terms of business and before you know it you are in a cult let me tell you no one enters into a cult no one no one joins a cult i can tell you that for free no one signs up knowing that i'm going for blood sacrifice or i'm going for some weird doctrines none many people join knowing that they are going to a good cause knowing that they are going to champion for the gospel knowing that this is a church that loves god and serves him and that's how it will be presented to you and need i not remind you of the verse that tells us that the enemy masquerades as an angel of light because you know that verse there's a way in which they will be appealing to you there's a way in which they will carry you away and <clears throat> you need to be on their lot you need to be on their lot their truth in the modern day church is very very relative and before you know it you are sucked into very weird doctrines that, that at the end of the day you will regret a lot and the enemy will steal a lot of time from you i'm telling you like 3 years of my life was swallowed but the god restored them so these celebrities and these people they boast their their credibility while con- commoners in the church are just de- despised if you are a nobody you're a nobody in that church you uh, you just you're part of the algorithm you are just filling the matrix number 8 cults have an objective have an obsessive praise of the founder they quote them oftenly and there is a compulsive respect that is demanded of them so if you're in a church where the pastor is quoted in every sentence where they are calling some certain names like papa man of god time and time again and you're even forbidden from calling them their true name my name is isaac call me isaac i don't need a pastoral name i don't need a minister in front of my name it is who i am if jesus didn't have a problem with being called jesus if abraham didn't have a problem if paul didn't have a problem i wonder why there's a, an elevation of titles in church today and there's a way in which you must praise this founder and you must almost lick their shoes if you understand that statement i'm directly translating from swahili it's called kushikamo you know you are you're kissing their feet it's a shikamo is a I'm sorry if this means a bad thing in another language so I'll explain it in Swahili. It's a Swahili word that was invented during the colonial times. We were colonized by the British government and that colonial rulers who are authoritarian they demanded that their servants should kiss their feet as a greeting. So that is what I'm referring to you uh, you too that if there's such kind of an obs- obsessive praise of the founder where you must almost kiss their feet whenever you see them you know and wherever you're on the altar you are almost like in the pressure to quote them oftenly and there's a way in which they are praised here and there here and there then you just know that one person is Jesus and another person is pretending to be Jesus that leader has taken the place of Jesus so there's just this compulsive respect that is demanded for them and if you're in such a place that just celebrates a leader it's a, just know that you're in a personality cult I'll read a quote I mean one of the definitions of cults here like I told you I have a lot of notes I can't even start um, going through them but one of the definitions was that a cult is a church or a movement that is organized around a dominant personality and that he's 
or her immediate family. So a cult of personality is invariably understood in a negative fashion. Any church that appears to function as little more than a preaching theater for a dominant individual and where the needs of the group are subordinate to the promotion of the pastor may be considered in this sense a Christian cult. We'll move on. Number nine, cults have a sacrilegious way of looking at biblical practices and they have practices that are even outside the Bible. So something like communion is taken in a very sacrilegious kind of way. Things like anointing oil, things like the miracles of Jesus, they'll be packaged in the form of miracle water and things like those and anointing oil that is personally prayed by so and so and holy communion that does this and this and that people will have to pay money for that by the way and um, they have practices that are even outside scripture i'm sure many of you have heard of cults so i will not go uh, much deeper into that lastly cults target youth and women and this is where my heart goes and i was crying recently to um, a group of young pastors that are my dear friends and i was telling them when god opens opportunities for you to go into campuses especially please please caution the young people not to be indoctrinated because cults know very well that when they target the youth who are vulnerable in their campus stages they're in a very vulnerable period of life where they are undecided about so many things they are still figuring themselves out they have a huge gap and an opportunity to grab someone and just to put a hook on their neck that they will never live for a very long time because they caught them at a young stage because they caught them in a period where they were still confused about life and that they offer you a temporal solution that that person will always be awed and amazed and they will feel like they they owe this ministry something and therefore they will be loyal for a long period of time that before you knew it you didn't benefit from anything your life just became more miserable after but because they had that initial encounter with that cult when they were young it's very hard for them to see anything else for a long period of time therefore if, if you are a youth pastor if you are a student pastor kindly please warn people against such guys they are coming to campus their strategy for the culture that i was in is mainly targeted towards campus cells there yeah. their house groups were not house groups that we meet at home they didn't have anything about that but they have student cells and they are siphoning students from such of, from some of the top-notch universities in kenya i'm telling you so that is their strategy and when they have such young guys and young people when they come to church they are they are arrested their thoughts are bondaged and they are they have got them essentially they have just got them so i just want to leave you to leave you with five things that you should take care about five things that you should take care about number one immediately you see red flags in your church don't assume don't ignore, don't explain it away. Because some cults have, have started from very genuine ministries. And that the more you keep quiet, your church could be well on the way to becoming a cult without you knowing. True community is built on accountability and transparency. And you deserve that. You know, don't gossip. There are also people who... That's why I discourage people from watch, watching these YouTube exposure videos about ministries. Because it's hearsay. You, you never reach out to the leaders. You never talk to the main persons. You just go around shouting and announcing and becoming a media news about the weaknesses of other churches that's not what i'm talking about if you find such questionable things ask the leaders themselves make a decision after if you have asked the leaders and there was no there was no answer if you were ignored then that's a different case you can make a decision after that but first of all ask the leaders start to in your communities start to 
promote and start to lay out to your pastors that there needs to be an environment of accountability of questions being asked of uh, of things being put out in the open because that is the spirit of community if you're in a church where they don't even discuss the church budget if you're in a place where they don't even discuss any of the decisions that they made in the eldership then there's an element of control in that and it can grow to a very cultic level number two don't idolize any man i'm telling you however much you respect them however much you love them and this is where many people fail you meet this guy this special guy and they have a way of winning you and i'm telling you they have techniques that will hook you they have psychological techniques and they have spiritual gifts and they have many things that will just get into you man don't idolize any man if you see anything attracted in their gospel and you want to follow them it's fine but follow them as an equal don't put them in a place that is godlike don't create demigods and then come and complain later on don't put some certain kind of control under such persons you know and and, and pastors and leaders it is even discouraged in scripture i'm telling you so god never shares his glory with anyone when the weakness of that person is exposed you will hurt them <laughs> you will no longer see them as you were seeing them before so be in a place where you can accept that they have a weakness and that they are human even though you accept them and you respect them but if you're in a place where your leader is just unquestionable and even if you hear a certain story about them you'll be like ah even if you see something you'll just explain it away maybe they have a good intention you are most likely idolizing a person you are you are saying in other words that they are perfect number three a secluded church that is not partnering with churches around your area is dangerous remember the ephesians chapter 4 mandate one faith one love one baptism please if you're in a church that even discourages songs from another church that discourages interactions from other church if you're in a church that is not even in a union of churches around your area then it's time to start asking some critical questions you could be most likely be in a controlled environment number four faith is built on questioning beliefs don't believe blindly romans 8 encourages the listening of the message that is presented credibly to the listener and that they have to judge before they believe and that after they have believed in their heart then they will say that jesus is lord you know it is a process of conviction and the bible encourages voluntary believing if you are coerced in any way and if you are blackmailed in a certain way to believe doctrines then it is cultic so be a student of scripture outside of your pastor preaching be a student of scripture read the bible for yourself and you can have a group of people and this is the important of small group of small uh, small cells or house churches is that you can be able to bring out the questions that you have about a sermon or the things that you didn't understand and you're able to lay it out and, and, and just to put the truth and the light of God towards what you say and just dig it further to see. Lastly, once there are questionable things that the community has seen in the leadership and you see the leadership downplaying them, not answering them, avoiding them or issuing warnings and threats, then know that it is time to dig even deeper. If you see such a kind of a defensive strategy not to answer questionable things within your congregation, just know that there is most likely a controlling element within that community and that leadership. So, like I told you, this was a discussion kind of format. I didn't expect that it would take this long, but I pray that you're blessed. I pray that you'll be able to send this to someone or tell this to someone and just to let them know that, you know, the times that we are in, they are really perilous. There are people who are peddling the gospel out there for their own means and for their own purposes. And some people are just deceived, even pastors themselves of these movements. It's not like they are doing these things intentionally. 
they might not even know but they are influenced by some other guys on the way the trends are going on in churches and i'll just leave you with acts chapter 20 where Paul was giving a warning to the Ephesian elders as he was going to Jerusalem that I know that after my departure fierce wolves will come in amongst you not sparing the flock and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them be careful of a twisted gospel be careful of a very twisted gospel in fact it is in second Corinthians also chapter 11 where Paul warns of super apostles they are men who have a lot of credibility in the Christian community and they have done many things in evangelism and they have doctrines and i mean doctorates and other kinds of of certificates and the people who are surrounding them are influential and celebrities super apostles with super ministries careful about so you remain blessed may the blessings of the lord be upon you may you be exempted from the powers of darkness and of hell targeting the church in these days